years of age, he was neither short nor tall, thick nor thin. He wasn't the fastest runner, couldn't hit the ball the farthest, and he lost as many arm-wrestling matches as he won. But when teams were picked, he was never last, either. It was true, Max didn't stick out. Except for his money. The Sumner family was rich. Not the kind of rich that meant he lived in a big fancy house, though he did, or that his father drove an Italian sports car. He had at least three. The Sumners were the kind of rich that meant they owned entire towns, mega-malls, high-rise towers, and vast acreages of farmland all around the world. Real estate investments had made the Sumners billionaires, rumor had it many times over. Avalon, for the most part, was one such Sumner property. But Max never cared too much about any of it. All that concerned him for the moment was that he was late. He glanced at his watch and frowned. Terribly late. Max zipped through Avalon's side streets on his bike, en route to the Shop of Antiquities, the only place in town he found interesting, and the only place, it seemed, that hadn't changed since his parents' divorce. The Sumner mansion seemed empty without his dad. Even though Max's mom and baby sister were still there, but Annika Sumner hardly paid attention to her kids. There were simply too many activities for Avalon's leading socialite to be burdened with raising children, especially now that she was single. Besides, that's what Rosa, the children's nanny, was hired for. Max had never felt so alone in all his life, and with summer vacation drawing to a close, he was getting even more depressed with thoughts of homework and worse having to talk about his parents' messy breakup to everyone at school. News of the divorce had made the local paper, of course. That's just how it was in a small town like Avalon, Minnesota. Privacy didn't exist, especially when your name was Sumner. The headlines talked about the enormous sum of money Max's mom received as a settlement, but money didn't read you bedtime stories or go on family picnics. It wasn't good at consoling you after a loss in Little League or at helping you with math homework. No, Max was starting to resent his family's money. His parents chased it like dogs after a mail truck. But he'd have traded every penny to have his parents back together. Max wasn't holding his breath, though. Angry, he pedaled harder. As the pavement raced beneath Max's tires in a blur, the vague memory of a horrible dream lingered, tugging at the corner of his mind. But whenever he tried to recall the details, it seemed to slip away. Arriving at his destination, Max jumped off his bike and leaned it up against the wall as he walked under a faded sign that read Shop of Antiquities. It was a store that dealt in rare books, ancient mysteries, the occasional tourist trinket, and a vast array of collectibles, some authentic, some not. Breezing through the creaky doorway, Max was immediately greeted by the aroma of musty books and sweet pipe tobacco as he stepped into the shadowy front room. A handful of stained glass lamps offered meager light as Max's eyes slowly adjusted to the place he had come to know so well. All about lay a curious muddle of treasures. Ancient yellowed books were stuffed in every possible crevice, and curling maps were tacked to the walls. Max wove through the clutter, ignoring the beware of dragons sign that hung askew on the back wall. 
Disappearing through a low archway, he rushed up a flight of steps and grabbed hold of the knocker that hung on a heavy oaken door. As Max knocked, the sound echoed all about, filling his mind with visions of castles and knights. What's the password? A nervous voice asked from the other side. Excalibur, Max replied. A series of locks clicked, slid, and unsnapped before the door slid slowly open. Hey, Ernie, Max offered, slipping in. Am I late? It's just me and Italia so far, Ernie Tweeney explained, wearing ridiculously oversized black-rimmed glasses that perched crookedly on his face. He was chomping loudly on a chocolate bar that was sticking like brown goop to his once shiny braces. It was a wonder he wasn't as wide as he was tall, given his zealous consumption of sweets.